everybody. This is Muffin with the Daily Biker Podcast. Just here to let y'all know the opinions and ideas expressed in this show are those of the hosts and their guests, not to be confused with their partners and sponsors. Now, let's get it on. Hey guys, this is Sean from the Bikes and Beards YouTube channel, and you guys are listening to the Daily Biker Podcast. You're going to love it. Hey everybody, it's Marcus with the Daily Biker Podcast. Welcome back. I want to thank you for tuning in. For all of you that have been listening to it, I want to thank you very much. Uh, this episode's going to be a little bit different, as you notice. I didn't introduce anybody. Nope. Today, it is just me. I am driving back from Nashville. Had a little bit of uh, work I had to do between Chattanooga and Nashville. It is what it is, so I hope you enjoy this episode. Basically, what I was going to do today is just kind of talk to you about some things that are going on in my world with my motorcycle and talk to you about some things that I, I kind of see happening, things, conversations that are taking place between me and other individuals um, going on realistically in the motorcycle community and essentially what's happening in the community in Chattanooga, uh, what I see happening uh, social media-wise amongst events and rallies and those types of things. Um, and I also kind of want to touch base on a little bit where I see some things changing in the future. So uh, get started with, so my motorcycle, uh, for those of you that see my Instagram or my Facebook know that I just got it off the rack as I like to call it. So. I'd been planning a build for a while now, and I, I finally was able to get money saved up and get done essentially what I wanted. I still have a, a long ways to go on my build. So what I've done is I've got the Bassani Road Rage 3. They call it the short. I call it a mid-pipe because it's not really a shorty exhaust, but the Bassani Road Rage 3 um, short pipe, full stainless. It's got the equal length headers and everything on it. It's nice. It's loud, and it's nice. I, I really, that's a pop I'm super happy that I went with. Uh, I tend to second guess myself on a lot of things I do, so I, I'm glad that with the build that I've done, I haven't second guessed myself. I was like, okay, yep, let's go that route. So, like I said, Bassani Road Rage 3 exhaust system, full stainless. I got the S&S Stinger intake so it's the teardrop intake it has the slashes on the outside edge of it sns makes another teardrop they call the slasher that has those same slashes but the stinger actually is open where the dimple is in the middle and has another filter element that sits there so check it out online that's a really cool looking intake it came in i got it i'm super happy with it the way it looks um so I had to do a little bit of performance. Like I said on a previous podcast, I'm chasing horsepower right now. So I went and did the 475 uh, SNS cam chest kit. So I have a 2017 and I knew I was going to be needing an upgraded oil pump. So instead of piecing together a kit, I just bought the SNS 475 chain drive kit that comes with it cam chest plate comes with the oil pump comes with everything that you may need and including the cam it's awesome it's awesome 
not going to tell you down the road that I'm not going to want more power and that may come and there are bikes out there that are faster than it but if you have a 107 or a 114 I'll speak on those because I, I, I have more experience with those personally than I than I do the other builds the other motors that cam is a great cam it's a great all-around daily cam in my opinion I'm don't necessarily know if it's the best one out there but it's a good cam if you're looking for a setup going stage two 475 is a great cam you won't be disappointed with it so the biggest thing though that i did that kind of is uh controversial a little bit in the bagger world but definitely in the batwing fairing bike so your your street glides your electric glides and your limiteds and stuff like that I put T-bars on it. I was hesitant. I've sat on one with T-bars. Uh, didn't get to ride it. But I uh, I was just pulled the gun and I did it. And I wish I'd done it a long time ago. Those T-bars are the nicest thing that I've ever done to improve the ride and handling of the motorcycle. That being said, I've never put high-end suspension on it. So T-bars, it's a must. If you're halfway interested, find somebody that has T-bars on a street glide or an electric glide and beg them, do whatever you gotta do, throw them some cash, be like, I want to ride your motorcycle, please. You can tell the difference though in it, just tootling around the parking lot, you can tell how much of a difference it is. I took it and I let a couple different buddies of mine ride it that were kind of on the fence. Uh, one of them used to have a street glide and one of them currently has a road glide and they both were thoroughly impressed by the T-bars. I also took it and let Lewis ride it. So Lewis has mentioned that he's thought they were neat, but he wasn't too sure on it. He might be sold. We'll see next time we talk to him. If that's something that he's leaning a little bit more towards now. Uh, I know the only thing I heard him say about the bike after he test rode it was complaining that I took off my heel shift. And I'm just kind of was like, uh, I like it better. But to each his own, to each his own. So that's what's been going on with my bike. Now, the direction I'm going, uh, the engine being a 17, my engine's still chrome. I've got a, a couple bits and pieces here that are still chrome uh, that I'm going to get blacked out eventually, uh, which way I go on the black, I'm not 100% set. Um, we're going to end up doing a color change, and we are going to end up doing suspension. So by the time it's said and done, my perceived value will be a lot higher than probably what the bike is actually worth. But... I, I, it's mine. It's not anybody else's. It's my bike. So I'm I'm going to do to it what I want to do to it. Like I should. So the next subject. Um, so what I see currently happening in the world of motorcycle events and, and rallies and kind of where I see the future of those things going. They're coming back. They kind of, some of the stuff kind of 
fizzled out. Some people didn't want to do stuff. Uh, some people, some individuals were hesitant to come to bike nights and events. And you, you, you do you. I'm not going to tell you to do it or not to do it. I still chose to go because I wanted to get out. If you think that makes me a bad person, I guess it is what it is. But I, I, I needed for my own sanity to get out and enjoy life and, and, and do those things still. Um, because I, I was starting to suffer a bit from the depression and anxiety that came along with COVID and everything being shut down. So for my own mental sanity, I did my best to enjoy life and act as though everything was normal. Um, that being said, I think it has changed stuff. So for a living, I'm in a position where I talk to people about those events and about rallies and uh, people getting out into the motorcycle community and people, people enjoying themselves and people going to concerts and venues and like I said, rallies and events at the motorcycle shop and, and all that type of stuff. And the biggest thing that I hear is people are kind of over it. People are wanting to get out. People are wanting to do things. People are wanting to enjoy life again and, and experience it. Um, I know here where we are, they're going to be relieved or ending, completely ending the mask mandate um, soon. And they have no plans to extend it. Um, they just recently extended it and said that that would be the last extension that they would do. Now I know there's several businesses in town that are wanting to kind of grow back some business, uh, essentially the bar and club scene. Um, because restaurants, they're, they're thriving. I mean, people are back going to restaurants. Those are restaurants that didn't make the pandemic. My deep, deepest condolences, but the, the restaurants that did survive, they're thriving, at least in the Chattanooga area. I mean, you, you, can't, you can't get a table unless you want to get to dinner at 4.30, really. So I do see people getting back out. I, I see it's growing. So typically, I'll go to... Thunder Beach, uh, the motorcycle rally in Panama, um, every fall, uh, for the past couple years, I've also been going to the spring rally as well. We know the spring rally was canceled last year. Uh, the fall rally did happen with some sort of contingency, uh, but it was, it was fairly successful. There was a lot of people there. Uh, I think a lot of people enjoyed it. They had a good time with it, but the other day or the other day for me, I guess you can say, the government's Panama City Beach government had approved the rally to take place, approved all the permits, I should say. So the standard vendors that will be there that weren't there in the fall, they will be back. They'll be around and they'll be having their events going on and everything. And I, like I said, I think that just kind of gets to the, not necessarily people being over COVID, but more that it's it's kind of at a point now people with vaccines and people with antibodies and those types of things that 
we could start to get back out and we could start to have those types of events. Um, I know White Lightning, uh, which they sponsor this podcast, love them. Um, they're not, I mean, they are, they are not wanting to slow down. They are, right now, they are full steam ahead. They've got a full calendar of events, which I'm going to be updating extremely soon. I know I gave the March events that y'all been listening to. Hopefully, I'll go ahead and get out the April events. Um, maybe by the time this podcast is out and you get to listen to it, I'll have the uh, April events listed on there. Um, but it, it's full steam ahead with them. They are looking towards the future. Now, speaking of the future, I do think the way rallies and events happen will be different. So you're starting to see stuff with some of the events that have been taking place um, where people are starting to pay more attention to how many people are at an establishment. I know I've went to establishments and you see that sign that says occupancy of 150 you know there's a lot more than 150 people there. So those type of businesses and types of venues, I think are gonna start paying more attention to those occupancy numbers. If they do, they do. The only thing I can tell you is get there earlier and have fun with everybody else. Uh, You're also going to see though, a lot more outdoor events, even outside of the motorcycling events. You're gonna start seeing a lot more outdoor events taking place a lot more market style events a lot more parking lot style events because for a while now those things have kind of been open and and good to go so um the other thing that i wanted to talk about is the future what i see in my own opinion of what the future of motorcycling is and comes to be as a whole so lewis got to ride the live wire that is partially the future i feel what you're going to end up having is your sport bikes are are going to end up being primarily electric machines that's okay i mean they're not really the ones that that tour can you tour on them yeah i've toured on them They're not really designed for that. They're designed for getting out and having a good time. So I I think, like I said, you're going to see those. You're going to see your sport bikes starting to become electric. I think you'll start seeing other factors, other machines becoming electric. Um, But the other thing you're going to see is, is a moving away from traditional motorcycling. Uh, as sad as it may be, I think in the next 10 years, you're, you're gonna, there's not going to be air cooled machines, at least new, there's not going to be, I think you're going to start having a shift in the next 10 to 15 years where companies like, uh, Indian and Harley Davidson and some of these, uh, boutique motorcycling manufacturers and stuff like that, that make air-cooled motorcycles, they're going to be getting away from them. They're going to be moving on to uh, liquid-cooled motorcycles. I mean, Harley-Davidson had already tried the liquid-cooled heads. Um, And, of course, if you've read anything online about the Pan America, 
uh, you know that it's got a radiator. They sell a guard for the radiator, so you obviously know it's got a radiator. Um, but like Indian, you know, they came out with that Challenger, and the Challenger's a, a liquid-cooled machine. You can get a lot more power out of liquid-cooled. It just, it is what it is. I don't know the dynamics on that, but it, they, it puts down the power more effective and efficiently. Guys seem to like that. And of course the bike's gonna run a little bit cooler. Now, with liquid cooled, not to sound like one of the old dudes that's bashing on anything that's new and modern, you do have more moving parts, more items that can go wrong. You do have those types of things. So guys up north might not necessarily want liquid cooled. Um, but I'm not up north, so I, I can't speak for them. I think Harley's making some some big strides, like I said, with the Pan America. Hopefully the, uh, the Bronx is going to be coming out. I think it's kind of got put maybe a little bit on the back burner. I haven't seen any more news on it. Um, but we do know they're going to be coming out with the, the Custom or the Cruiser or whatever it is uh, running that same type of motor, that same revolutionary Mack style engine that they're putting in the Pan America. Uh, Pan America drops in May. I'm excited. I want to ride it so bad. So I've had the privilege of riding the BMWs, the Triumphs, the Ducatis. Uh, I've rode uh, I've never rode the Honda Cross Tour. Uh, I have rode the Honda NC 700. Um, and I have tootled around a little bit on an African Twin. Uh, not really got to do much of a ride. But I've also rode the Kawasaki KLRs. Now, those bikes get into kind of a little bit different category in my opinion. But the Pan America, look at it online. The specs are right. I'm excited about it. I'm excited. I want to ride it, but I'm afraid to ride it because I like my street glide and I'm afraid it's going to make me sell my street glide. Hopefully it doesn't, but so, uh, moving on past that. Like I said, I'm, I'm driving down the, the road right now. We're getting into starting to get towards April. Still dealing with this rain, dealing with cold weather popping up every once in a while. I'm ready for sunshine, though. I uh, went to bike night last night, and it was a fantastic ride there, but I definitely had to have my sweatshirt when I left bike night, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I'd prefer it to be sweatshirt optional. So, yeah, just uh, keep, keep an eye on my social media. Keep an eye on uh, The Daily Biker on Facebook. Keep an eye on The Daily Biker on Instagram. I'll be posting more things about upcoming stuff, places that I'll be, um, promotional stuff that may be happening between me and the dealership. I don't know. Maybe a little tease. So keep an eye on the social media. I'll put stuff out there. If you have any questions about my motorcycle, 
shoot me a message. I'll be glad to answer them. If you're in the Chattanooga area, holler at me sometime. I'll let you know when you can meet me up at the shop. I'll let you see the bike in person, I'll let you hear it in person, or I'll let you know next time at a bike night. So, appreciate you. Hey, everybody. This is Sean at White Lightning Harley-Davidson. I want to thank you for listening to the Daily Biker Podcast. You can reach the podcast on Facebook or Instagram at The Daily Biker, or you can email the podcast at thedailybiker at gmail.com. Be sure to keep an eye on White Lightning Harley-Davidson social media pages for the most up-to-date information on all our events and where you can find the boys.